Welcome to the Kupinger Code Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinbart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Code Analysts. And today is a special episode. This is episode 50. So we are celebrating a, an anniversary edition of this podcast. So to celebrate this, we have two guests today. Uh, my guests today are on one hand, Martin Kuppinger. He is principal analyst and founder at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. And on the other hand, we have Alexei Balaganski. He is a lead analyst with Kuppinger Coal since the beginning of Kuppinger Coal Analysts. Hi, Martin, and hi, Alexei. Hi, Matthias. Hello. So great to have you here. We have a topic for today, which is focusing on a current event that is going on for the whole month of October 2020. We are talking about the European Cybersecurity Month, the ECSM, which is a campaign run by the European Union and by ENISA, which is the cybersecurity organization of the European Union. And this aims at promoting cybersecurity among EU citizens and organizations and to provide up-to-date online security and for information through awareness raising as it reads on their website. In the past years, this is something that has not really come to my attention. So this has much more visibility this year than it had before. Uh, although this history goes back to 2012, um, maybe we can start the discussion here. Why is it gaining so much attraction right now? Maybe to start with you, Martin. Yeah, I think it's quite obvious why. Because when you look at the major shifts many organizations have experienced in the the way their people are, their teams are working over the past um, six or seven months, then I think it's so obvious that cybersecurity has a, gained a far higher attention now because there's so much new, there's so much different. I wouldn't say there are new threats in the, in the narrow sense, but it, they affect, so other threats affect uh, certain companies and This change, this shift is for what I believe um, raised the attention for this um, European Cybersecurity Month. And by the way, Matthias, if I may add to Martin in, in this regard, we have to remember that the risks are, the stakes, if you will, are also much higher now. Besides the obvious kind of elephant in the room, the COVID pandemic, uh, we've heard some other news as well. For example, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, There was the first human casualty of ransomware recorded ever. And of all places in the world, in Dusseldorf, in my home city. Basically, we had a patient who could not be saved because the hospital infrastructure was locked. So she had not had her operation and did not survive trans transporting to a different hospital. So in that regard, cybersecurity is now a life-saving measure, if you will. So of course, everyone is talking about cybersecurity. Yeah, and I think this 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 risk point is a very interesting one, because threats are the same, assets are slightly changing, but what really changes is the probability and sort of the range of assets you need to protect. So when you still think in, okay, my workers, my employees are working in the office, they are all in that office, they use a corporate-owned device. And only a few are traveling and maybe a few have a home office. And then you shift to something where a lot of people must use their own devices, at least for a transition period until the new notebooks are delivered. And if 
you shift from all people sitting in the office and what you what many still feel is a protected network. So talking about zero trust, it probably isn't. Um, but shifting to different types of access, then we have a, a different equation for risk. So there's nothing new in the sense of that hasn't been around, but it affects far more organizations, far more people. And so the risk is bigger and that creates awareness. As I've said, plus the, the change and change always causes uncertainty. So everyone needs to get adopted to how do I do my cybersecurity right in that new work environment? And so in consequence, awareness is increasing, which is good. Yeah, I would fully agree on that because that was important years before already. But um, as we have the attention right now, it's really good to to also use the impetus of such a such an such a campaign as it is going on right now to to really leverage this for improving the security posture of an organization in general. One core aspect, as I've read it out from the mission statement, is about raising awareness. And Alexei, you have written a, yeah, as I think, really reflective and thoughtful blog post about this topic. Um, what is important to you if one wants to approach this topic of raising awareness properly? Maybe you can elaborate a bit on that. Well, Matthias, you know, as I already mentioned in the blog, I am not a fan of the term awareness or itself or because I... I'm afraid that many people kind of misunderstand uh, the whole idea of letting the public know. Sure, you can spend all your uh, time doing this and you can go through different hoops and tricks to attract even more attention. But in the end, the fact that you have communicated any idea, cybersecurity or not, to the public doesn't mean that the public will retain that idea for a long time. Because, you know, every day brings new challenges. People tend to forget which is absolutely normal. It has nothing to do with pandemics or anything like that, or cybersecurity. The problem is how do you not just make people aware of a problem, but how do you make them aware of the solution to the problem? And this is what many sources, are, I think, are lacking at the moment. So yeah, it, it, it's not enough to just tell for the thousandth time write another article about new ransomware or whatever risk for working from home, how do you communicate the solutions? How do you explain to the people, okay, this is how you actually solve those problems. This is how you uh, prepare for a ransomware attack. This is how you deal with it uh, after being hit by ransomware and so on. So awareness should be about solutions to problems, not the problems themselves. Yes, and I have a strong belief that the best starting point for cybersecurity awareness training is starting with what affects people in their daily life. I get every now and then I get a call from my parents saying, oh, there's this obscure email in there. Should I open it? And everyone has these mails in the, in the inbox. Many people are not sure what they do. And they are afraid of other types of phishing attacks and they sometimes already fall victim to certain types of attacks. And if you start your cybersecurity awareness training with saying, okay, this is where you need to be cautious. And this is, like Alex has said, how you solve it, how you react on that. And that reaction might, the first thing might be just ask the right people who might know, who might give you an advice, your IT supporting, your IT security team. 
ask them and also bring up simple solutions on, on how to better understand is this a potential attack or not? Is this um, something real? I think this is where everything must start. So not lengthy things. Um, I think in March, I created the five-minute video as a cybersecurity awareness training in five minutes. And you can do a lot in five minutes. And it's far more important to do it regularly, to support people continuously, than to try to do once a year a long full-day or half-day training. That's not the right way. Absolutely. Uh, I believe, Martin, that kind of the only reliable way to make people actually remember an awareness training is to turn it into a routine. Like, you know, like telling your children to brush their teeth isn't enough. You actually have to make them brush their teeth every evening, at least. And this is exactly the same with cybersecurity awareness. So it has to be daily. It, it, it's not enough to limit it to one month. Right. So you have to take the, the step further from awareness to actually real practice. So an example would be how to treat passwords that we all still have to use on in several occasions, how to treat them adequately. So using something that generates a complex and not guessable password instead of doing this manually. So having a tool at hand having a tool decision being made maybe on an organizational level, that might be a starting point. So if you have the tool and if you are told to use it and you are able to use it, that might change the situation completely when it comes to using passwords and not reusing them, not having simple guessable passwords. So that would be something that an organization can do, that an IT team can do, that Martin as the, the lead of this company can do and say, use a password manager to make sure that nobody can guess your passwords in general. And even better, if that password manager is actually more convenient than a piece of paper to write your passwords down. If it actually allows people save time doing that, then it becomes your second nature. So you wouldn't even uh, reach for a piece of paper to write down another password. You just click a button and you are safe and you are able to do whatever job you do daily immediately after a second. Yeah, and, and there are many things in security which can make life of the user easier. So, so we learned that Using a fingerprint to unlock the iPhone is quite convenient measure, and it's more secure than a four-digit pin. I'm absolutely confident about. And when we look at many of the MFA approaches, so the one um, I'm using on a daily basis in the um, Office 365 environment, um, they are definitely very convenient. And they are more convenient than entering lengthy and complex passwords and keeping them in mind and changing them every month or so. So security can be, if done right, security can in certain areas definitely increase convenience. Not in all. I think we also must be very clear about that. Sometimes security is a burden, but I think we got much better in this industry in making security more convenient. And that is an important aspect as well. And one great aspect of this is actually uh, standardization. For example, speaking about multi-factor authentication, it used to be uh, extremely cumbersome and inconvenient because you would have five different security keys and stuff like that. Now you have the FIDO standard. So basically, I am really uh, amazed at sometimes how far this development has gone already. Like 
I can use my webcam, for example, for face ID authentication, or I can use a fingerprint on my phone, or I can just click a button in the authentication app. And it all works in a uniform and standard-based way. So users have the choice. And this is what brings convenience. Right. And as this campaign is aiming on the one hand at the at the single citizen of the EU, um, or actually worldwide, and on the other hand, also it aims at organizations um, trying to increase their security. This is really um, a broader aspect. So what we are talking about all day long is more or less making organizations more secure. So having security on an organizational level, on a group level, on an enterprise level, also on a platform level to make sure that it's in an ideal world secure from end to end. Um, we are also uh, looking at making the individual citizen more secure. And I think this notion of um, security across these different areas is also of importance because if you are safer, more secure uh, in your home environment, in your daily uh, web browsing um, and device experience, you will also most probably be more aware when it comes to dealing with your Uh, corporate devices with your bring your own devices used in a corporate environment. So it's really a, a good thing to make sure that people understand that security is really something to think about, but to practice, as you've mentioned. So if we have a look at individual measures to take, if I asked you both to provide two tangible recommendations to our listeners for, for using this impetus either for yourself for the individual listening to this podcast episode, but also to use this for moving this into a corporate environment, using this impetus to improve security there. What would be your recommendations, real, practical, concrete, immediate steps to take right now? Maybe starting with you, Martin, where would be starting points to improve right now where maybe people are not looking at right now? So aside of the call to shift to multi-factor authentication now. And I made this call in a couple of my videos and posts uh, over the uh, previous months. My main recommendation for the individual would be to look at some of the very short videos we have on that at our Copian Call website. And for the businesses, my recommendation is rethink your cybersecurity awareness strategies, meaning Go for short, virtual, modern content that really educates and delivers recommendations and helps uh, your teams, not lengthy cybersecurity awareness trainings. I think it's really going short and sort of speak modern in the way you do it. And then you will be far more successful and guys are far more Uh, positive feedback from your teams. Great. Um, Alexei, something to add from your side, what to do right now? Well, if I may, uh, I'd like to look at it uh, from a completely different angle. Sure. Because uh, one major change uh, that COVID and the pandemic has actually brought to us is that uh, there is no longer such a clear uh, border between corporate and home security anymore. Because if you are working from home all the time, you're either using your own computer or you have your own computer or your own phone in the same network. It's really difficult to, uh, to protect one from the other with a traditional approach. So basically what any person working from home can do is just go to the employer and say, hey, 
it's in your best interest to help me protect myself at home. Or like, I don't have an antivirus, help me with a license, or I don't know how to secure my Wi-Fi network. Can you give me some recommendations? Like, can our IT guys maybe write a guide on securing the home network and stuff like that? There is absolutely no need to enforce this uh, separation between personal and corporate anymore. People should seek help from their employees because, again, it's in their employer's best interest. Yeah, I would fully agree. I just wanted to use this this metaphor for moving from the individual experience also to the business experience and back. And that is actually what you, what you said right now. It's really there is no clear distinction line for many people right now with this COVID crisis being in full swing. It's most probably the easiest way to understand it can protect yourself, so it can also protect your organization and the people behind that. When it comes to um, helping people, and that could be organizations and individuals alike, um, in understanding where to move forward, I would really also recommend that we apply a risk-based approach. So really to understand what is really at stake, what is the most important aspect to protect, and that might be corporate email, that might be your web browser histories that, of course, are your passwords if you still have to use them. So protecting the most important things first, so to apply a risk-based approach on a personal and on, a, on an employment level, that is really an important thing to do. And... Maybe as a, a final question, um, you've mentioned the IT guys writing down some recommendations for protecting uh, a Wi-Fi, for protecting individual aspects. Um, we as analysts, of course, provide information about security on a daily basis. This is a part of our job descriptions. So is there material online that organizations and individuals can use for this uh, European Cybersecurity Month awareness and beyond that we have? at our website at Cooping a Coal, and maybe especially for new listeners, what is available and how can they use it? Martin, you've mentioned the videos already. That I think is a great starting point because it's always better to have a video than rather to read through a lengthy document. But we also have short documents to help here, right, Martin? Yes, we have, we have, we have a ton of, of stuff, in fact. So when you go to our website, if you go, when you go to blast.coopingacoal.com, where you can get access to all of our research for, a, I believe, very decent fee. You will find a lot of leadership brief documents and a lot of other materials which help you in securing your IT, in securing your systems, in understanding um, how to move forward with authentication and many, many other topics. At the end, in a nutshell, we have a lot of research. We have a lot of events, live events, running at least every second week. And we can also support everyone with the full range of advice an organization needs to get better in cybersecurity. Great. And I think another aspect that we have, of course, is this podcast. And um, there is a frequent production of blog posts which really help here. As we've mentioned, Alex's blog post, right? So we are looking at this aspect very closely, also without payment and with payment, of course, this is business. But on the other hand, really to make sure that there is a constant flow of regular and up-to-date information regarding cybersecurity as part of our work. Anything to add from your side, Alexei? You know, Matthias, uh, you've, of course, mentioned this whole risk-based approach and everyone is talking about risks now. I see one tiny problem with that. You know, kind of calculating and assessing risk is actually a difficult task. I mean, it's a lot of math 
and a lot of uh, out-of-the-box thinking, if you will, because for many uh, people, this is absolutely not an obvious approach and they have to change the way they think about their jobs. So yeah, I mean, uh, learning how to do this risk-based approach is also critical. I believe we have some materials, uh, probably more company-oriented uh, as our kind of advisory materials, to actually help companies to learn this approach and apply it thoroughly and kind of uh, mathematically, if you will. But of course, I mean, our blog posts, our short videos, they're all helping to quote-unquote raise awareness about this risk approach as well. So yeah, absolutely, you have to maybe uh, invest some time into just learning about risk and how they are calculated and how they are applied because this is like, for some areas of cybersecurity, this is a matter of survival even. Yeah, I would fully agree. And to reiterate on what uh, Alex just said, if you go to our website, if you use the search box on the upper right corner and you just type in risk-based with a dash in between, um, you will uh, be led to session recordings of webinars. You will be led to to blog posts which really detail this aspect beyond the gut feeling that everybody has but what risk could look like so that would be a starting point also to start your individual journey on raising your own attention and maybe to improve the awareness within your own organization and leading then to concrete advice how to deal with this um, mass of threats that we encounter on a daily basis. So maybe that is a good final word for today's session. Famous last words from your side, Martin? Uh, hopefully they are not the famous last words here. Uh, at least not the last ones. Fam famous they might get, but they shouldn't be my last words. I think it's simple. Take cybersecurity, earnest and act on it. Right, perfect. Alexei, last words? Well, first of all, uh, let me just congratulate you, Matthias, again, uh, and thank you, of course, for doing this for 50 episodes already. It should not definitely be uh, our last one, so expect at least another 50 in the future. All of these uh, episodes were about raising cybersecurity awareness, right? So let's not stop here. Let's not stop at the end of October, and we'll just continue doing our daily jobs. Great. That, that is a great summary. So we ended up here. Thank you very much, Martin. Thank you very much, Alexei. Thank you. Thanks.